Welcome to Companion Pass. I'm thrilled to have you along on this wild ride as we explore the untamed world of rodeo life and the families and supporters that make it all happen. From thrilling arena action to quiet moments behind the scenes, this podcast is your ticket to the heart of true rodeo life. I'm Lindsay Branquino, and as a rodeo wife and mom myself, I've experienced firsthand the joys and challenges of life in and around rodeo. Together, we'll dive deep with rodeo families, rodeo athletes, and other folks who are living and breathing the Western way of life. We'll explore topics like raising families while husbands are away, navigating the dangers of a professional rodeo career, keeping a relationship alive when you're hundreds of miles apart, and what it takes to pursue your own goals in the midst of it all. Whether you're part of a rodeo family, a fan, or just someone who loves Western culture, Companion Pass will give you all the real, unfiltered insights you've been looking for. Let's dig in. We have a really exciting first here on the podcast today in that we have a world champion who is being interviewed. And oftentimes the guest is like wife, husband of world champion, but we have the woman herself. Shelby Medjid is with us today. Now, I mentioned she's a world champion. She is just coming off the high of winning that championship. But she also is married to a world champion. She's married, of course, to Haven Medjid, who is a world champion calf roper. He's a five-time NFR qualifier. So the two of them together know a thing or two about winning. Shelby, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, for making me blush already. I felt like this intro could have been five minutes longer if I were to have run (laughs) down your list of incredible accomplishments. I feel like when I read about you, it's just this list of like records you're breaking and benchmarks (laughs) you're setting in the world of Breakaway, which is so cool. Thank you. You know, we often start the shows by hearing about our guests or or how our guests met their significant others. And I definitely do want to hear about how you grew up. And I think later we'll get into you and Haven meeting. But I think that because we are just coming off of you winning that world championship, I'd like to just kind of talk about what that experience was like for you, your thoughts and feelings and, and just the whole the week. Every year at the NFR for me, I guess I've had two times now going into the finals where I did have a chance and the other years I didn't. But I guess you would know because your husband's been so successful and you guys have been through all of it. But it's like nothing you've ever felt before as as far as like nerves and stuff. And I'll never forget like waking up at five in the morning and not being able to sleep that day because I was just like, I was like physically sick. I was just so nervous and exciting and all the things. And it was kind of crazy that morning because they had that shooting at the Thomas and Mac. And so Haven went over to do his NFR grand entry practice and take their pictures. And that was during the day two of our breakaway. So that was the final day. And he called me and said that there was a shooter on campus. And I was like, okay, it's okay. He's he's going to be fine. He's safe. We kind of were praying for the people that were involved and stuff because we heard there's a shooting. Well, then he called back and said that the shooter might be in the Thomas and Mac with all the cowboys. And so it was kind of a roller coaster that morning. My good friend, Cheyenne Guillory, she came over and she held my hand and we just said a prayer for all the cowboys and everything. And it like totally shifted. Like I woke up wanting to win a world title so bad. 
And then everything just shifted that morning. And I was like, oh my gosh, like somebody lost their son today. Somebody lost their daughter. Somebody lost their brother, whatever, you know? And I'm like, holy, like what we're doing right now over here is so small. And I'm so worried about winning a world title and somebody's world just got destroyed this morning. I feel like that was such a big eye opener for me. And then I totally changed my whole mindset going into that day. And I was like, wow, I'm just so grateful to be here. And I went in for the, we did our opening ceremony and I came out and Haven was standing there and I just gave him a huge oh. hug. So I was like, oh, thank gosh, because I, I hadn't really heard from him and I didn't know what was going on over there. And so then after that, we were able to breathe and stuff and honestly just have fun and enjoy the day. And it was probably one of the best days of my life. My family was there. It was just awesome. Oh, I can imagine. My gosh, what a roller coaster of a day. And I, I love the way that you summarized that is that you woke up with all of this stuff on your mind and really just one focus and how that immediately kind of that shifted just the way that you were thinking about it. It goes from being the most important thing in your life to yeah. kind of not maybe not feeling quite as important. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I learned that quickly too. I put a lot of things aside to try to win a gold buckle and I feel like honestly a little bit after winning it and stuff you win the gold buckle and it's amazing and you cry your tears and it, it just feels so good but it lasts for it lasts for like an hour and then you get done your interviews and they pull the banners down and they shut the lights off in the arena and then you're out of there and then you're just another normal person and it's done and over with and next thing the the next year started. And so it kind of puts into perspective a little bit. Not that I'm not so grateful for it and it just means the world to me, but also it's you can't just put everything aside for that because once it's done, the new year starts and they're ready to crown another world champion. Everybody's in the race again. You can't just make it like your full total focus. You still have to live your life and make sure that you're prioritizing the people around you and things that are important, more important than a gold buckle. Oh my gosh. That's kind of a perspective that we have visited before here on the podcast. And I think that it holds even more weight hearing it from somebody like you who is currently, you're currently the world champion. You are at the very top of your game. Like you couldn't have done any better. You are very much still in the thick of it. And just, I guess, just the fact that you're able to even have that perspective in the midst of all these things <laughs> going on really speaks kind of to your character and who you are as a person. Yeah, I guess that's the way I was raised is it's always been more important to my family for us to be good people and who we are always matters more than what we accomplish in life and what we do. And I guess that's kind of just been the most important thing to me. And in 2021, I did go into the NFR number one in the world. And I guess I just had a huge eye opener. I wanted a gold buckle so bad. My uncle was getting really sick and there were some times where I probably should have been home, but I was like, gosh, if I don't go, then somebody will pass me up and it's such a tight race. And what if I never have a chance to win a gold buckle again? Well, I went into the NFR number one and I came out number two. And then we lost my uncle a month after the NFR. And all I could think was, wow, all those times where I went to a rodeo when I could have been home yeah. with my family. And so that was like the biggest eye opener for me. I was like, rodeo doesn't really love us or <laughs> care about us back as much as we love it. And once you're done, you're so disposable. The next person is going to fill your spot and you're just, you're out of there. And so you have to pay attention to the relationships. And I think that I just matured so much over the past few years, just being able to pay attention to stuff like that. 
I think it was the year that I cared the least about it and just enjoyed the people around me and the relationships. And I had the best relationship with God that I've ever had. And it was so strong all summer. And I leaned on him all summer and I had the most successful year yet. So I was like, you know what? This just goes to show that this is probably where my mind's supposed to be and the mindset set I'm supposed to have and not worry so much about the outcome. I mean, that's such an incredible mindset, like frame of mind to be in, not just your priorities, but everything. You kind of found a place for everything to have a little bit more balance in the midst of rodeoing so that when everything is kind of functioning together (laughs) in in a way that's working and then how that made just the winning easier for you and the experience even more enjoyable for you. Is that what you were saying there? Oh, yeah, for sure. And you know how it goes out there. You have to find, you have to enjoy it because if you're there for the buckles, they don't always come. And so if you can't enjoy it during the lows too, then you're going to have a very miserable rodeo career. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that the truth? Because the lows <laughs> are around a whole lot more often than, yeah. than the highs are for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Speaking of those lows that are inevitable that come along with it, is there anything that you have learned about yourself or anything that you've kind of learned about life that you learned from those lows? Oh my gosh. Yes. And like, so I was talking to somebody the other day and they were talking about how they just walked away from their job and they don't know where they're going to go from here and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what, though? The best part about it is that you find yourself during those lows. It's in the hardest times where you lean on God and you just you just recreate yourself. It's almost like you decide who you want to be. Like some of the most life altering moments are at rock bottom. And I know that because I was at absolute rock bottom in 2022 during the rodeo season. I just had so many things not go my way. Just from my performance to like things that were going on outside of the arena. My grandpa was having open heart surgery. My Nana was having heart surgery. There was just so many things going on. And then I guess it was just, I don't know. It was just, I was major rock bottom. and I was letting the losing Like the lows of the rodeo hit me so hard. Like I was just getting so mad and so down on myself. And then finally I was in Walla Walla. It was like towards the end of the season. I had so many crazy things happen that year. And I was just at complete rock bottom. And so it happened to be a Saturday night and I spent like all night crying. And I actually Googled like a good church to go to that morning. And I go to this church. It was amazing. And they stopped the whole thing. And they're like, God's speaking to me right now. And I just feel like there's somebody that is from out of town that's just having a total, a total hard time right now that came here looking for something. And I just want you to know that you can find it through God and he'll lift you up and you just have to reach out to him. And so like, The whole session was about like reaching up towards him and just stretching your arms and just giving yourself over to him. And, you know, I've always like thought that I was doing a good job and had a good relationship. And it wasn't until that complete rock bottom for me where I completely just gave my life over to him. I was like, I'm doing a terrible job right now. You are in complete control. Like this is yours. And I dedicated my whole 2023 season to that was just letting him handle it and giving him everything. And 
it was my most successful year yet, but not even in the rodeo, but just as a person, I was just so happy and I stayed so level-headed and I had so much gratitude. So that was my life-altering moment and that was my rock bottom. And I'm so grateful that happened to me because I wouldn't be where I'm at. Hearing you tell that story, I got like goosebumps (laughs) listening to it because (laughs) it's, I don't feel like it's often that we get that really direct here's what it is, here's what you need when we're searching for answers. And yeah, what an awesome moment for you to just, it sounds like you gained a lot of clarity in that moment. Yeah, so much clarity. And that church session happened to be like a live coverage. So I went on afterwards and I screen recorded that part. And I was like, I'm going to keep this so that whenever I need a reminder that he's here and he's he's always here and this is what he wants me to do, I always go back to that because I just felt so singled out. I felt like he was talking straight to me. Oh, that's incredible. And that you've been able to kind of hang on to that feeling and continue to carry it with you. And it sounds like it really did change the way you approach everything. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. In the same regard, that same question, but the flip side, is what is something that you have learned about yourself or about life through the winning? Because you have also had, obviously, a tremendous amount of success, and that kind of shapes who we are as well, how you handle success. And you see some people handle it really well, and others that maybe don't always handle it. (laughs) Great. So what is something you've learned about yourself through the highs of rodeo? I don't know. I guess that's kind of a tricky question. I guess I just have kind of grown up watching certain people and idolizing certain people. And like you said, watching people not handle it as good. And so I feel like you can decide what person you want to be and how you want to use that success. And so I feel like I've always I've I have gotten to where I'm at from idolizing people and being able to look up to those pros and so I guess that guess for me is that I've constantly am reminding myself you know be the person that you needed when you were growing up that's one of my favorite quotes so I'm like whenever I get a chance you know I've had people reach out to me and just notice me when I was my very first ever NFR I had one of the pros reach out to me and they're like hey I know it didn't go how you wanted but you have a huge future like you're gonna have so many victories you're gonna for- completely forget that your percent far wasn't what you expected and I was like oh my gosh it meant the world to me so now I'm like I really try and pay attention to other girls and stuff and see who's struggling. And I've been there and been struggling. And I know how much it means when somebody extends you a lifeline for that moment and how much it means. I guess I've just kind of learned that about the wins and stuff is that you can use it in such a positive way. And I guess it's taken me a long time. It's still very hard for me to wrap my head around that some people may actually look up to me. It's just very hard for me because... You know how it goes. You're with Luke and you guys are heroes to so many people. You're my hero. I follow you so closely on social media and we've never got our paths have never crossed. And I just think Luke is so cool. But I guess what I'm trying to say is you just go about your life normally and you guys don't think any differently, but you have so many people looking up to you and it's just it's hard to wrap your head around because you're just a normal person living your normal life. So that's kind of been something that's been hard for me to grasp, but also I have to try and pay attention to that, I guess, and try and use my wins and everything in a positive light and try and be able to give back. Yeah. You are so young. So for you to even, for that to even be something that's on your radar as far as like, 
all right, I know that people, other girls, other people are looking up to me. And so I should be aware of how I'm handling myself. I think one is massive and again, speaks to who you, the, the character you must have as a person. But two, that you are like actively trying to reach out to other people and have those encouraging words or be that person in the moment that they may need. That's really incredible because like you said, I think that can mean so much to somebody in a person. And in another sense, I think it's another way that God uses us, right? Is to be, he's obviously given you a platform and more and more people are knowing who you are and hearing about your story. And so putting you in a position to have a greater voice that reaches more and more people and the fact that you are aware of that and trying to use it in the most positive and impactful way you can is huge. Well, thank you. I'm not anywhere where I, near where I want to be. But I think I'm just so grateful for the people that I've gotten to look up to over the years. And I think it's important for the people that are at the top and on that platform to be able to use it because I don't think that people understand. I mean, coming from Canada, I was, I remember the first time I ever seen a world champion in my life and I was like 18 years old. So um, it's pretty special that these kids here get to walk around world champions all the time. I'm still in awe of them. Like I love going to Vegas. Haven and I were saying in Vegas this year, if we ever got to be here when we were kids, we would have just run wild with our autograph pads. We would have got every single person you could possibly get. It's just, it's a huge eye opener. And that's really funny is I think that even my kids, we've got three boys. And I think a lot of people think for them that it must be kind of commonplace that they're hanging around all these people. And even sometimes I think that would be but we go to Vegas and they do exactly what you were just saying that you and Haven talk about. You would be is my kids are the ones standing in the autograph lines. And I kind of love that they can still appreciate those things, even though maybe they're around it more. And I should say that they also think that most of those guys are way cooler than their own dad. <laughs> it is just such a huge accomplishment. And you work so hard to find the balance and knowing it's not everything, but it also should be celebrated for sure. Yeah, it is weird. My mom always talks about Zeke and Jane and she's like, they're just, their life is so in balance and they form their marriage around God and everything. And she said, I truly believe that Zeke's so successful because his life is so in balance. And it's funny you were, say the word balance because that's what my mom has always preached. She's like, you have to keep your life in balance, Shelby. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it sounds easy. It's like nearly impossible, especially when you pick a lifestyle like rodeo, which is like <laughs> nothing about rodeo <laughs> lends itself to, to balance. No, not even close. Yeah. So you're working <laughs> twice as hard for sure. So in the rodeo world, Breakaway has in the last, I don't know, would you say four years, just exploded. It's huge now in a way that it wasn't before. It's on a whole new stage. I'd yep. love to hear your thoughts about that. I think it's so awesome. And I have people ask me all the time. They're like, how did you get started? Like, when did you decide that you wanted to go pro? And I was like, oh, gosh, I was in college, just break we open, team open. And my thing was I went to every single jackpot you could possibly get to. And then all of a sudden there is, I was like, oh, UPRA rodeos. So I was going to every single jackpot I could go to and UPRA rodeos. And then they added them into some of the pro rodeos. So then I was doing jackpots, UPRA's pro rodeos. So 2020 was crazy. I was on the road 
And then all of a sudden, after 2020, they had the finals in Texas and I went there and then it kind of shifted. It was like, okay, no more UPRA rodeos. We're going to start going to the pro rodeos. And I just, I'm so lucky because I got to evolve with it. I got to be at the very first ever national finals breakaway. And then I've just kind of been able to grow with the sport. So it's been really cool. And it's been honestly amazing to see. And I'm so blessed that this is my time right now, like that I get to grow with it right here because it's really sad for me to see the ladies that have gotten it to this point, you know, that are getting older and kind of, you know, on their way out a little bit. And it's sad for me that they don't get to reap the rewards of how much work they've put in into getting it here. But I am glad that they get to watch it evolve and keep growing. And I really do hope that it does keep growing. But I guess what I'm getting at is that I never got to grow up with the goal to be at the NFR. Mm-hmm. I never, it never once crossed my mind. Right. I always thought like, how cool would it be to get to be there? And I was like, oh, the boys are so lucky. And I knew I would never be a barrel racer. I just, <laughs> no, I just knew I was never going to be a barrel racer. So I never, ever thought I would ever be there. And then all of a sudden it just happened for me. And so now I'm like, wow, how lucky are these little girls to get to have that dream? They are so lucky. Yeah. For ever. Until these last years that we're talking about, to have rodeo dreams beyond high school or college as a girl, as a woman, you had to be a barrel racer. And that was really, there's there's those WPRA rodeos, but that's not the stage that we're talking about here. That's not the level we're talking about here. So I just think that this is such, and you articulated it there so well, but this is such a huge moment in time for women in rodeo. There is so much more opportunity not just for things like world championships or recognition, but to be able to take the love of rodeo and of the sport and things that a lot of us dedicate years of our life to as we're growing up and have a greater dream, have something else to reach for beyond just college, where then for a lot of women, it just stops. There's nothing beyond that. So I just think that what the this like your age and what you're doing now and you talk about being there for the very first NFR breakaway that you're really kind of a part of history being made and we're seeing a huge shift in in this moment in time and that's just incredible to be a part of yeah it's amazing it's been so cool and all of the support and everything and all the people that love it it's amazing it's a pretty cool ride we get to be on right now oh for sure in a perfect world, if you can just have things the way you want it, where do you see the sport in five years? Like, where do you see breakaway roping? What do you hope for it? I would love to say that I would I would love to be in the Thomas and Mac for equal money. <laughs> but equal money would be probably a great start. And The only reason is I'm so grateful. It's amazing. We've grown so much. It's awesome. There's so much support. But I guess the thing for me is a little bit different just because, like you said, I'm married to Haven and I also watch him at the NFR every year. And so the thing that is hard for me, I'm not envious or anything like that, but it is hard for me because we get up at the same time. We ride the same amount of horses. We put in the same amount of work every day. We put on the same miles. I make the same truck and trailer payments. And so I feel like I'm doing all the exact same work. 
And then we get to the finals and I wrote for 5,000 and he ropes for 30,000 a night. And so I'm just like, gosh, I guess it's hard for me because I see myself doing all the same things and we're out there together. And then I feel, gosh, I wish I can make the same that you make and have the same opportunity. But I know hopefully it's getting there. So. Wow. Nobody has ever put it in such plain terms like that. And that makes so much sense. It, everything you were just saying there, that was even eye-opening for me because I guess on on some level, I understood that. But having you just fill it out like that, it's, wow, wait a second, <laughs> this isn't fair <laughs> at all. Yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna be out there I mean, with I like, definitely cried tears this year at the NFR when they're like, oh, yeah, breakaway's not in the new contract. I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. I think that's frustrating for a lot of us. And I'm sure you saw But even just how viral that one sign, the guy with the sign, I think that's the sentiment of a lot of people is that we should. So I know that you have a lot of support and now I'm going to be the person in the the stands with the sign (laughs) being like, come on, guys. Because I think that it would do, it would only be good for the sport in the way that I see it. It's, It's such an exciting event. It's incredibly fast paced. Everybody loves a women's event. You see how fans go crazy for the barrel race and what you guys do you guys are incredible you're roping calves in two seconds you can't say literally two seconds if anybody doesn't know breakaway (laughs) these girls are so fast it's not like you're it's not like adding another event like bull riding that's going to take a half an hour yeah no we're kind of in and out and the group of girls is amazing like i thoroughly enjoyed the NFR breakaway the second day like Daniel Lohman took her belt off and threw it into the bleachers I was like this is amazing it was awesome watching and I I was like holy this is so cool if only more people got to see this and experience it and Haven was like enjoying it he was up on the fence hooping and hollering when Danielle was like one seven and the place was electric it was really cool to be a part of and I wish more people could be a part of it oh, I agree I agree speaking of Haven. I do want to talk about how you guys met, but I think that this is an opportunity to say that Haven's a calf roper and you're a breakaway roper. And those are like the two most similar events that a husband and wife could do. How is it for you guys? Do you kind of play off of each other or is it just, and by no means am I know anything about calf roping (laughs) at all. I will not pretend. But or is it just different enough that the way that you guys are approaching your events is totally different? People always did say that the calf roping is so much different because they have to ride into the middle of their calves and set the run up and all this. But that was before like the the Shad and Riley era. (laughs) So Haven has had to like completely revamp his roping, I feel like, to be just a lot more competitive with his long rope. And I feel like the calf ropers go at them just as hard as us now. It's pretty much the same fundamentals now. It's both events are just so competitive and there's no room for an extra swing and stuff like that. It is kind of getting pretty close and Haven and I definitely, he helps me so much and I feel like I help him a lot too in the breakaway aspect of it. Obviously, I don't tell him how to flank and tie. (laughs) I think you should. I think you should just add that to your repertoire (laughs) and start being like, listen, I've made some notes and here's how I think you can improve. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah, so it's pretty cool that we get to kind of bounce ideas off each other and help each other and stuff. I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah, oh, for sure. All right, now we're going to go back to the beginning. So tell me how you and Haven met. (laughs) He tells the story so much different because 
He always says that he's seen me at junior high nationals in one of the practice sessions. And he's, oh, yeah, you were handing your phone number out to everybody. And I was just over here saying, hey, what about me? And I was like, yeah, right. That's not how it went. But we kind of knew each other just from like junior high nationals and stuff. And then we went to the Wrangler finals a lot in Billings, Montana. And he was always there. So I kind of always knew of Haven. And then um, he went to college with a whole bunch of my absolute best friends from high school. So then just in college from me hanging around with those friends and Haven getting in with them, it was we were just like around each other quite a bit. And then I guess I just always knew of him and stuff. And then I guess we kind of just our friendship kind of just went from friends to dating. (laughs) It was very unexpected, I guess. He was it was just super unexpected and it He's like always been there. He was always right in front of me. And the fact that I ended up with him is crazy because we were always just right there. You talk about you grew up in Canada. He did not. And so it's kind of funny hearing you say, and I think that this is unique to the rodeo world. And please correct me if you have different thoughts on this. But the fact that you're (laughs) saying like this boy from the United States and you living in Canada, that your paths kept crossing. And I think that it's because rodeo really is like you still are kind of running in the same circle. So it's not that unique that you guys would continue to like bump into each other because basically if you're rodeoing, you're running in the same circles. Oh, yeah. And you see people all the time. Just the amount of people at high school and junior high nationals alone. I'll never forget watching John Dowsch win the junior high nationals. And we were all like, he will be at the NFR one day. And then when he popped up in the pro circuit, you're like, oh, my gosh, there he is. Like, you just know that you feel like these people. I never talked to him, but I feel like I knew him. So that was the same deal with Haven. I always seen him and knew of him and then just kind of became friends. And then all of a sudden we were dating. (laughs) I like how surprised you sound that you're dating. Like you now are married and you're still just like really shocked by it. Rodeo season is back in full swing. And whether it's your first rodeo or you're a seasoned pro, trust me, the only thing that you really need to get rodeo ready is a great pair of cowboy boots. This is where Tacovas comes in. Every pair of Tacovas boots is designed in Texas and handcrafted in Mexico using only the most premium leathers. They honor tradition while also innovating on comfort, style, and service. Step into any one of their stores and you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding to truly make your boots one of a kind. Need help with the rest of your rodeo look? They got you covered there too. Offering an entire collection of Western staples like jeans, hats, pearl snaps, and more. Because just like rodeo, Tacovas is Western to their core. If you can't make it into one of their stores, Tacovas will happily deliver the most premium quality and comfortable Western goods right to your door. Just head to tacovas.com slash Lindsay. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash L-I-N-D-S-A-Y and point your toes west. What is it that's so surprising? Did you not see yourself ending up with a cowboy or just not a calf roper or not him? I guess it's just kind of weird. I've always been in a relationship. I was with my high school sweetheart for four years into college. And then I dated another guy for a year. And then I was in another serious relationship right before Haven. And so I was like, when I met Haven or kind of started talking to Haven, it was when I was like, okay, I'm going to stay single for a while. 
And I was not looking at all. And then it just happened. And that's when they say that it happens. So we were rodeoing in 2020 and it was kind of during the COVID year and it was really slow. It seemed like everybody was on the same circuit because there wasn't rodeos to go to (laughs) and there's so much downtime. So we were just hanging out and having so much fun. And the downtime happened to be like near Miles City. We were in Rapid City. And so Haven was like, why don't you guys just come hang out at our place? And we're like, okay, we don't have any plans or anything to do. So we stayed in the little motel in town in Miles City. And I guess Haven and I started going and doctoring his cows together in the morning and stuff and hanging out. And I guess next thing you know, we're dating. (laughs) That's the most cowboy love story I've ever heard because (laughs) it's so true. It's like, all right, we started dating because we were doctoring cows together. And before you knew it, we were in love. I don't know what happened. (laughs) I know. I was probably the best gate girl ever. (laughs) (laughs) That's when he knew you were the one. Yeah, Um, exactly. Funny story. When Luke and I were kind of like just, I kind of think in that, that, that same sort of stage that you were just talking about, you and Haven. And I had some downtime between a rodeo and when I had to pick up a horse in California, I had four days to kill. And I was headed one direction in California and Luke called me and he's like, hey, since you're out here, why don't you just come stay at my place instead of trying to figure out some sort of out of the yes. way place to spend these few days? So I was like, yeah, sure. So same thing is I went and stayed at his place. I was so nervous. I'm like, oh, is this going to be weird? It's like his family. He just shows up with some girl. Is this going to be strange? And that was before <laughs> I knew any of his family who it could not have been any different. It was like I immediately yeah. just walked in and they're like, okay, you're here. Great. I have a job for you. And same thing. It was yep. like the next morning somebody <laughs> knocks on the door and they're like, all right, we got to go gather. And you're just kind of thrown into the mix of it. Yeah. But I also thought like <laughs> how fun that this is – you kind of, I don't know, can see yourself as part of their life. Maybe that's what makes that shift is I'm like, yeah, I'm comfortable here. This is fun. And you're just one of the crew. I loved it, you know, and we were there and we hung out and then we were supposed to leave and go to Kildare to a jackpot into the rodeo. And there was actually like a huge fire and it was like right in one of Haven's main pastures for all of his cows. And so he was gone and I was there with his family because he had to leave to go to the rodeo and we were just kind of hanging out there. And so then this fire happens. And so all of a sudden we're all like fighting fires. And so my traveling partners had to leave the next morning. And I was like, you know what? I know how important this is. And they're kind of a little short help. So I was like, I'm going to stay and help Haven look for all of his cows and just assess the damage in the morning. And so I turned out of the rodeo in the jackpot and Haven and I just started talking. So my traveling partners were like, you are crazy. (laughs) And so it went from just staying and helping him look for cows and stuff and putting all fixing all the fences that were cut and everything to next the next day I was at the sale barn working with sale barn. I was like, oh boy, what did I get myself into? But it's like you said, I loved it. And I love I loved Montana and I love the people and I love the small town because that's where I was from. And everybody was just so kind and welcoming. And it's just one of those homey feelings being around those people. I was like, this is where I want to be. And it like, My feelings for Haven heightened so much just because I loved his family so much and I loved all the people that he was around in the community. I was like, oh my gosh, this is where I want to be. Yeah. And and you were practically on the payroll too. You had to give him two weeks notice if you wanted to leave. Exactly. (laughs) I love that story so much. That's really awesome. So what are the three things, like the three qualities, the three things about Haven that you love the most? So Haven is probably one of the most hardworking person I've ever met. No joke. I don't know where he finds the energy or where it comes from, but he is just 
not even just works hard, but like moves fast. He has no time for any kind of dilly-dallying. He wants stuff done and he wants it done right away. And so he has his own little sense of time. He thinks everybody should do things way faster than they do. (laughs) But he's impossible to keep up with. He's up at five in the morning and he's not in the house until dark and he's just 100 miles an hour. And it's crazy. His work ethic is, I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. So I think it's really cool for me to be able to see firsthand. Yeah. And then I guess, guess for number two is I'm an introvert and people might say that I have resting bee face, but it's just because I'm like, I'm terrified of like crowds and stuff. And if I see somebody that might want to come and talk to me, sometimes I'm just like, like, I'm so introverted. It's crazy. And I'll even get to where if I get a whole bunch of text messages on my phone, it takes me like two days to look at them and I don't even know why I won't even open them. And so Haven is the opposite, I guess a little bit more confrontational and stuff. And so Haven handles a lot of stuff that for me that I don't like handling. Like he handles a lot of phone calls and he does a lot of the talking and like horse deals and stuff like that. And I'll never stand up for myself and stuff because I'm just way too quiet and timid and stuff. So it's really nice having Haven because he's kind of like my pit bull, like he protects me and looks after me and he's kind of my voice when he knows that I'm not going to just speak up. Even at a restaurant, if they don't bring me what I wanted, he'll be like, oh no, she ordered this. And then I get so embarrassed. But I honestly don't know what I would do without him in that aspect because he really is my voice and he knows I won't speak up. Oh so my that's, gosh. Yeah. It's awesome for me. It is so funny. A, a word for word, everything that you just said about being an introvert and where the, the role Haven plays in your life because of that. <laughs> I could not possibly identify with more. That was, that has always been me. I think it always will be me. And I've really tried to like make strides in that. And I think now I'm like super outgoing and Luke's, oh yeah, super outgoing. But I'm like, come on. (laughs) If you compared me now to 19 year old me, that was exactly how I am. Right down to you're talking about the text. It's it's just all of that is very overwhelming to me or can be. And that's one of those ways that I really appreciate Luke and I being so different because he really fills a lot of those gaps. And just like you said, we'll take on a lot of those things that for him are no big deal, but for me are super overwhelming. And I always appreciate that. And I've never thought to describe him as my pit bull, but now I want him 100%. (laughs) That's the only way that I'm referring to him because I love that. It's great. Yeah. No, that's totally Haven. I don't know. I guess the third thing is that... So Haven was never really in, I think he had one relationship before me. And so he was like, he told me, he's like, I did not pay attention to girls at all. He's like, I wanted to just get where I wanted to be in my roping. And so when we started dating, it was actually really hard to get Haven to pay attention to me because he had zero interest. And like people, I always tell people I chased Haven so hard and it took me like three months to get him to date me. I wanted to date him so bad and he had zero interest. And I guess when we started dating, there were so many times where I was like, what the heck, dude? And he's like so sweet. I guess I love it because Haven is kind of a hard ass to everybody else. But to me, I'm like his biggest soft spot. So he's always so sweet to me. And I don't know, I was I'll be like, what the heck, Haven? Sometimes he would like just like not even think of me because he's never been in a relationship. And then he'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You just have to help me with this. I've never been in a relationship before. I don't know. And so it was such a learning curve for him. But to see him go from not knowing anything or know how to be any kind of partner whatsoever to being like the absolute best, like 
he'll have coffee ready for me every morning now and stuff. And like, he's so sweet and saddles my horses. And he's like always thinking of me now. Whereas before it was like, I wasn't even there. He would just go the zoom through his day and not do a single thing for me because he's never had to think of anybody else. So it's really cool, I guess, that I'm kind of like his absolute biggest weak spot in that yeah. he has come a long ways in being a good boyfriend, fiance, and now husband. So it's pretty cool. That is such a good answer. And I love that. And it kind of sounds like he applied that same, same sort of work ethic <laughs> that you were talking that he has towards everything else, towards becoming a great partner, is that he just kind of kept forgetting he had a, a girlfriend <laughs> unintentionally. Yeah, but that now he puts so much effort into it is that is really sweet. I love that so much. That's such a great answer. Yeah, he's pretty sweet. It's pretty cool, too, because Haven obviously is very established and he has his gold buckle. And usually you think once somebody has a gold buckle, they got it figured out. And he is so anybody, literally a kid could come up and be like, hey, Haven, you should try this. And you can tell Haven anything and he will honestly try it. And he might be like, oh my gosh, this works so good. I've never seen him be like, oh no, that I'm not doing that. There's times when he'll watch me in the practice pen and just do what I'm doing just to try it. It's so cool to see him. He's so open-minded to everything and he never ever feels like he has it figured out so it's really cool to see and it it like is inspiring because there's times when people tell you stuff for me and I'm just like what yeah doing that (laughs) and so it's cool to see and it helps me be a little bit more open-minded and stuff and always realize there's just always room to be better and like for him it's as a person as an athlete as a horse trainer all of it it's pretty inspiring Oh, for sure. I I love that. It sounds like you kind of play off of each other and are continually learning from the other one, which in and of itself are such great qualities as a competitor, for sure, but just in life or as husband and wife that you're open to it. Because I think a lot of times, and, and maybe this is what you were saying, where he's obviously incredibly successful, already has that gold buckle, but that he doesn't let ego get in the way of becoming better and continuing to learn like you were just saying there yeah it's really cool to see and he's completely like almost completely changed his style from the time we started dating just so that he can stay competitive with the sport and stuff and it's really cool to see and he's so amazing with the younger kids and stuff haven's like the biggest softy kid person so it's all pretty cool and it's awesome and It's helped so much just with us rodeoing and stuff and us both trying to reach our goals and be competitive. We have to both be selfish in the summertime and stuff and just him being so understanding and me being so understanding and stuff like you have to be because it's such a weird space for us when, you know, it's hard enough when one of one of you is like out on the road rodeoing, which I've experienced before in a past relationship. It's hard being the person at home, but I think it's equally hard being out there and trying to do your own thing and do what's best for you when you want to be with them and be around them all the time and you're like you both have to understand that you got to put yourself first it's for four months of the year and then when we get home in the winter time we'll just soak up all the time we can together but this is our job and we both have our goals and we can't set those aside for each other in the summertime and it's really hard to understand sometimes yeah I think that does take a lot of understanding because you guys are in a really unique position to what we're usually kind of exploring here on this podcast is where you're both currently still rodeoing really hard. And I know that in the cap roping and breakaway, like you, the two of you can't enter together. So you guys are no. having totally separate schedules. How do you even, where do you even begin to navigate a relationship where at the beginning of the year, 
your the year ahead looks like for you guys is mostly being apart. Do you guys have any ways that you have found that help you to stay connected throughout those times when you can't actually be together? I guess it's just because we both love the sport so much and we both obviously have like big goals for ourselves. And so we individually, we know what that means to ourselves because we're both super competitive. And so I know what it means to Haven to win a world title. And I know how much he loves it. Well, he also knows how much it means to me and how much I love it. So it's never really been a question like, so he makes my schedule for me completely because I'm awful at all things entering because (laughs) I'm anxiety, introvert, ADHD, all the things. So I pretty much just dread any kind of like responsibility and sit down and planning and stuff. That's just not me. I'll just procrastinate it. So he does it. and. There's times when I'm like, hey, why did you put me at this rodeo this day when you're up this day? We could see each other here. And he will literally tell me because he's a veteran and I'm more of a rookie. So he helps me with that. He'll be like, no, this is a better run for you. Trust me, you want this day. But I have to go this day because this is a better run for me on the calves. And it's so cool to me that even though he could plan us pretty much the same, And he could be a little bit selfish and put me where he wants me so that he can see me. He literally plans the rodeos in my best interest and sends me where I need to be successful. And that's so cool to me because I'm like, obviously, you want to see me so bad. So instead, we might see each other at a gas station going opposite directions or he's pulling out when I'm pulling in. And it's so hard. But I'm like, how cool is this person that he wants me to be successful so bad? That he's literally sending me an opposite direction of him for me to reach my goal and get what I want. Yeah. And I, I think it just makes me love him so much more because it's just so cool because there's so many guys out there that are like, they don't take their significant other or the girl. They don't keep the, each other's best interests at hand. And I think that's something special that Haven and I thrive on is that we want to see each other do good so bad. And we know that we like just because he does that, it's because he loves me so much. And I don't take it as wow, he doesn't want to see me. So it's really cool. What a selfless approach. And everything you just said, I would echo all those sentiments is how unique and special it is to have somebody in your corner in such a strong way is he genuinely is putting your needs ahead of his own. And I think that it goes back to what we were talking about, how you guys often aren't roping for the same money. And so it'd be easy for him to be like, oh, well, maybe you can go here or place less importance on it. He could make up all kinds of excuses or it just comes down to him wanting to be with you, which you, like you said, you would totally understand. But the fact that he wants for you this dream and is that wholeheartedly behind it is so incredible and so special. And I'm so happy that you have that. Yeah, I'm very lucky to have it. And also, there is so much give and take. Like, there's our traveling partners are awesome for understanding and trying to help too. And there's so many times like you're driving all night when you could stop and sleep just because if you get there, you might be able to just hang out with them and see them for a few hours. So it's worth the all night drive and stuff. And at the end of the day, we are just like, absolute best friends. He is my person. And I think that's a really cool thing for us to have too, is we genuinely enjoy spending every day, all day together. And our job lets us do that. I could not imagine having a job where you have to go work your 
nine to five and then come home and only have a few hours together. We see each other 24 seven. We're together all the time whenever we can be. And it seems like it's never enough. I spent all day with them and then I left to go to Guthrie for the WCRA and I didn't do good. So I ended up being able to come home while it got done at 11. And so I drove home and got home at four in the morning, but I wanted to be home so that I could wake up and have breakfast with him instead of be driving. And I was like, I see this guy every day, all day, but here I am driving till four in the morning because I just want to be able to hang out with him more in the morning and not miss half of my day tomorrow with him. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. What a gift to have somebody in your life that you love that much. That's awesome. And to be able to take advantage of it like that. Yeah, I'm extremely blessed. And I feel like my mom said, I feel like I have a very good balance in my life right now. And I hope that we can continue to maintain that. Yeah, I I think it goes back to what you were talking about at the very beginning, where you're obviously super focused on your career and getting the things out of it that you want. But at the same time, in doing just those little things that you mentioned there, you're finding a way to continue to like nurture your life outside of rodeo. And that is that balance where you can give so much of yourself to your career, but also be willing to put in what it takes to give just as much back to your relationship so that it can continue to be strong regardless of whether or not rodeo is a part of your guys's life. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know. I just think it's really cool that we've got to look up to the people that we have and It's just crazy for me because, you know, I've looked up to you and Luke and all these power couples for so long. And I was like, holy crap, Lindsay wants me on her podcast. I don't feel like I'm a rodeo wife. It's just it's crazy to think. And it it means a lot to me because we're just really trying to be like all of you guys. It's kind of like that deal I talked about, you know, like what kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be like this person or this person? It's also what kind of relationship do you want to have? Do you want it to be like this or do you want it to be like this? And so we talk about that a lot, too. We're like, oh, we don't want to be like this couple. We want to be like this couple. So this is what we have to do and stuff. And so I think it's really cool to be able to look up to certain relationships like that. Yours and Luke's, I really admire you guys. And you're definitely one of the relationships where I was like, yeah, I want to be like that. So this is what we're going to have to do. Thank you so much. We definitely learned a lot. And I do think that a lot of the things that you were saying there ring true for me now as far as where we're at in our relationship now, which I am so thankful for. And I can tell you, we've been married for 19 years now. And I still feel that way that you were describing. If I drive all night, I can have breakfast with him. And I think that goes back to us being really good friends and knowing everything, the the good, the bad, and the ugly about each other yeah. now and accepting and and loving each other exactly where we're at, just as we are, not having to be somebody else, not having to have any of that other stuff, and just really, truly enjoying each other and wanting to spend our lives together, which it it's so much about your relationship sounds like you already have that. So I'm very happy for you. Thank you. I guess, you know, the one thing that I will say I think is really important, too, is my sister's like, I want my relationship like yours and stuff. And it's really hard because people see it from the outside looking in and they see it on Instagram and they see you guys at the rodeos and they see people like blowing up freaking hashtag power couple. And I know we laugh at that so much, but it's like everything always looks so much better from the outside looking in. And so I guess sometimes people just expect, okay, my relationship's not like that. I'm going to throw it away. I want something like that. And they don't see all the fighting that we do for our relationship that is happening on the inside. And so I think that's something that is like 
really unrealistic is everybody thinks it's just sunshine and rainbows, but they don't see all the sacrifices and everything that all the effort that's put in. So I think that is one thing that I have told people is if you want it to be amazing, you have to fight for it and you have to make it amazing. It's not just going to happen. And there's still going to be days where you're like, oh, my God, I could kill this guy. And that's part of why I try to be realistic about the the ups and downs of Luke and I's relationship. I mean, we did not pick an easy path as far as our lifestyle <laughs> in maintaining like the close relationship. And I joke about us learning things the hard way a lot and things being rocky when we first started out because we were just kind of young and naive and did not go into things <laughs> with a plan <laughs> or any sort of <laughs> balance. But that it is true is that what people, the bits of your marriage or your relationship that people see is such a small part of it. And I think every relationship, it maybe particularly the most successful ones, that behind the scenes, you're fighting for it and you're working for it. And it doesn't mean that it's easy. It just means that when you get to the good stuff, it was that much more worth it, right? Is that you really did fight for it and you both had to compromise and grow and learn and do all of those things that takes to get to to the happy parts. Yeah, absolutely. If I listened to everybody that was just like, oh my gosh, like, why are you still with Haven when we started dating? And he was just like, didn't even know it existed, then we wouldn't be where we're at. (laughs) So it's, it's come a long ways. And I think that I'm super proud of how far we've come and stuff. And we've learned a lot about ourselves. And I don't know, it's pretty special. I can't believe how lucky and blessed I am to have this life that I have. And I just try and be so grateful for every single day that I get. Yeah. That's the best mindset to go at it as. Well, towards the end of the episodes, we like to do two things. So one, the first one is that I ask you a question that's been left by a previous guest for a future anonymous guest. And this one did leave their question. They didn't know who would be answering it, but they did leave their question for a future female rodeo, somebody who was also rodeoing. So are you ready for your question? Sure. (laughs) If you had to do one of the men's events in rodeo, which one would it be and why? Oh, boy. I think probably one of the safest is (laughs) team roping. I've tried calf roping and saddle bronc riding, and they didn't go well for me. So definitely team roping. (laughs) Wait a second. Can we go back to how you just said you tried saddle bronc riding? Because that feels like a story I need to hear. Oh, gosh. Well... When I was in high school, I was stunt doubling for Heartland. And so I did a lot of stuff on there. And one of them was riding saddle bronc horses. So I've gotten on about, I don't know, I've gone on about nine times on saddle bronc horses and got bucked off every time except for one. So that was not my cup of tea. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. That's a whole other thing about your life that I didn't even know. And I feel like we need like a Shelby episode too, just so we can explore all of that. How awesome is that? And is there videos or pictures that I can see? Oh, yes. (laughs) Be sure to send those. Okay. And the last one is, do you have a favorite rodeo moment or memory that you can share? And I'd love to hear one of yours, like of your own, of course, but then maybe also one of Haven's. Let me see. I guess Sioux Falls was probably my favorite rodeo moment when I won Sioux Falls. Why was that? I was chasing the number one spot in the world for the season later. And I had so much heck going in the last 
two weeks of, or a week before Sioux Falls. And I pretty much just was so relaxed about it because I was like, it's okay, Shelby, you have Sioux Falls. And I just put so much reliance on winning Sioux Falls and I had so much faith and trust in it. And then it actually happened. I was like, holy crap, it actually happened. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's, that's great. Yeah. And then I guess for Haven, I guess it was really cool when Haven and I both won Caldwell, Idaho, because like I said, in 2022 was a very hard year for me. And that was when I pretty much hit rock bottom. And Haven and I had something not very great happen to us. And we were both just so sad. And it was just very hard on us. And it was at Caldwell. And then going into Caldwell in 2023, we were just like, oh my gosh, I don't even want to go back to this rodeo. It brings back terrible memories, blah, blah, blah. Well, we both won the rodeo. It's like such a God wink. It was like we turned one of your worst times yeah. as a couple into one of the best times as a couple. I love that rodeo now. Oh, how special to get to replace those kind of negative feelings and memories with something so positive and wonderful. It was pretty cool. Well, Shelby, I have loved every minute of talking to you. I just am really even more impressed with you. And I am, I have to say, also equally proud that this kind of new wave of rodeo athletes coming up, that you are one of them and you are who is representing the sport. It makes me just proud of rodeo <laughs> and feel lucky that we have someone like you as kind of the face of it. Oh, that means so much to me. I'm so glad my camera's not on because I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another great episode under our belts, and I'd love to hear what you thought. Share your favorite parts, something that really hit home or inspired you, or just share with others so they can know where to find us. It's the best way for you to cheer on these amazing people whose stories we've heard. So head on over to Instagram, be sure to tag Companion Pass, myself, and today's guests with your greatest takeaway from this episode. Thanks for being a part of our rodeo family, and we'll catch you at the next one. Mm-hmm.